This is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards. In the near future, advances in medicine and quantum computing make human cloning a reality. For the wealthy, cheating death is the ultimate luxury. To anti-cloning militants, it's an abomination against nature. For young Constance Con Darcy, who was gifted by her own clone by her late aunt, it's terrifying. The book is Constance. A breakthrough in human cloning becomes one woman's waking nightmare and a mind-bending thriller by the Wall Street Journal best-selling author of the Gibson Vaughn series, Matthew Fitzsimmons. That Gibson Vaughn series also includes Origami Man, Debris Line, Cold Harbor, Poison Feather, and The Short Drop. Matthew was born in Illinois and raised in London. He now lives in Washington, D.C., where he taught English literature and theater at a private high school for more than a decade. Happy to have Matthew Fitzsimmons join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Matthew, welcome to this program. Steve, thanks very much for having me. What inspired you to write this book, Constance? Well, honestly, it was a. Uh, it started from a, sort of a funny game I play with myself, which was ju- is just taking a traditional, or not a, tra- a, a familiar storyline, a trope. You know, take a, a bank heist, take a, a kidnapping scenario, and try and find a way to twist it uh, into something you know, potentially new. And oftentimes that doesn't, oftentimes I don't come up with something new, uh, but it, it, it's a good sort of mental game I play. And one night about five years ago, I was playing the game and I, I just said, how could I turn the detective novel, just a traditional detective novel, into something I hadn't seen before? And I posed the question, how could someone be both the detective and the victim at the same time? How could someone be put in a position to investigate their own murder? Which obviously is impossible because dead people can't investigate murders. Um, unless you're Patrick Swayze in Ghost, uh, or there's sort of supernatural angle to it. Um, and what I eventually came up with was, well, what if the detective was a clone and the clone was was sort of put in a position where she had no choice but to investigate the murder of her original or the person that she was based upon. Uh, And that was sort of the the kickstart for it. I really liked that idea. And I, uh, I, I spent uh, several years, sort of, while I was working on the Gibson Vaughn series, just you know, ba- uh, outlining and researching and thinking about it, and uh, finally, uh, about uh, finally, sat down to actually write the thing. Uh, and Constance is what came out of it. Has cloning and human cloning uh, always interested you? And what was that research like for this book? Um, so cloning is, has not. <laughs> Cloning did not particularly interest me. I mean, any more than just, you know, I have an interest in science in general, and, and, you know, we live in, you know, over the course of my lifetime, I've seen, you know, we've seen so many uh, sort of mind-bending changes and developments. So cloning didn't particularly interest me until uh, it it became the solution to my problem of how to write the story. Once I got into it, it became... uh, I became fascinated by uh, how close we are in some ways to, uh, you, know, to you know, honestly, human cloning gets done in this country every day already. Uh, in stem cell research, they clone human cells all the time. Um, what they don't do is make another uh, Steve or another Matt or another actual human. That's sort of the great dividing line. But the we certainly have the ability to do it now. Barbara Streisand can clone her dogs. We can certainly clone people should we choose to do it. Um, 
the uh, the big technolo- technology piece that is more speculative and that is a few more years away is the ability to map it, a human consciousness and potentially store it digitally or in a, in a, a computer for use in some others, you know, which is the, what, what is required for the book. That is in the works I discovered, which was sort of fascinating, um, but it's further away. It's, it's not something that is imminent. We're chatting with Matthew Fitzsimmons. His book is Constance. How did you create Constance? She, you know, it, it's interesting. Sort of the process for how that goes. You know that, you know, you don't always start. Sometimes you start with a character. Sometimes you start with a scenario. Sometimes you start with a world. And uh, in this case, I started with the world. I started with well, I started with the scenario. How would you know a clone investigating her murder? Uh, then from there, I sort of built out what I thought the world would look like. You know I, that I wanted it to be set. It's, the book is only set in 2040, so only about 20 years from now. Uh, it's set in Washington D.C. As you sort of start to narrow down the parameters of what your world building looks like, um, then the question became: Who's the character who's going to take? The, the reader through that world. Who, who's going to be your guide? Who's going to be your eyes? Um, and Khan, you know, Khan was sort of a process of, came out of answering questions about the world. I wanted the book set in Washington, D.C., but I didn't want her to be in from D.C. I wanted her to be somewhere else so that she didn't have family there to support her. So where is she from? Uh, then I settled on West Texas is where she was from. Most young people come to Washington, D.C. because they want to be in politics. I didn't want her to be in politics, so how else could she have gotten there? And that's how I landed on the idea of her being a musician, that her band had been touring through Washington and, and oh, and an accident, you know. So everything, it's sort of like piece by piece, you're sort of answering questions that the world required, and and it, you know, in a way, birthed Con Darcy from just what the story needed. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Now, when you put all of that together, did you use an outline, or you let the story unfold as you were writing it? I'm a little bit of both. I I outline. Somewhat at the beginning, and then I, I, I'm constantly revising the outline uh, so that I can refer back to it and look at it. But I also leave myself plenty of room. You know, I, you know, some writers describe themselves as uh, plotters, and that they plot very, very in a very, very detailed way before they even sit down to write. And then there's another group who proudly calls themselves pantsers, yeah. or authors who write by the seat of their pants and just sit down and they just go and they let the book figure itself out as they go. And I'm sort of, I'm kind of, ha- I'm kind of a cheat. I'm kind of halfway in between. Um, I call myself a road in that I know where we're driving to and I have a general idea of the route we're taking. But if I see a really cool detour sign uh, on the way, then I'm going to pull off and I'm going to see what's over there. And sometimes the book changes and we want, I, I generally wind always getting to where I was planning on going, usually, not always, but the route can change uh, pretty dramatically on my way. Yeah, and speaking of which, in what way is this book you wrote different from the book you set out to write with those detours? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, in so many ways, um, it, you know, there was a time when it was going to be much more of a, a legalistic thriller, 
um, uh, I, I did a lot of sort of thinking about what the social and legal realities of being a clone would be. Would, uh, would a clone, you know, would the United States government recognize the clone of someone? Because when you die, you know, there is a death certificate, and that social security number belongs to that person. Um, what's the process by which, you know, you, you know, personhood or identity is transferred from the, you know, if Matt Fitzsimmons were to die and his clone were to be uh, activated, does the government recognize that transfer? Does personhood transfer directly from original to clone? Um, if, uh, if you're married to someone who has a clone and that person dies and the clone replaces them, are you still married to them? Are they legally recognized as your spouse? What if you don't want to be married to the clone of your what if you discover that that's just not an appealing idea? Are you legally married to it? It was just, it was like, it was just sort of one of, I, I really like this idea of this technology getting introduced without a lot of forethought into what are the consequences? What are, what are the legal ramifications, the social, cultural ramifications of this technology just sort of getting dropped into, you know, the United States of the future and how would we adapt to it? So, you know it, that that sort of really became a huge theme of the book, which is is what is legal is Con Darcy's legal status? Is she how is she recognized? And do different states recognize clones differently? Um, do some clone states not recognize clones at all? Are some states dangerous for clones to go into because they're not viewed as people there? What what starts to happen? So it really sort of became the, the fascinating rabbit hole. The further I went down into it, as you sort of thought about those consequences, and that and that as I went, as I, I sort of realized the depth that there was there, it started to change the story. In our remaining moments with Matthew Fitzsimmons, his new book is Constance. Uh, Matthew, did you always know that you were a pretty good storyteller? I I think it's always a. Uh, Yes, I think I always was. I when I was a little kid, I, when I, when I was like, uh, when I was uh, nine or ten or eleven years old, my I, uh, I I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. I would I would I would memorize to my you know, God bless my parents. I would memorize long stretches of uh, George Carlin albums or Bill Cosby albums or or or, or whatnot or Eddie Murphy albums. I, I would I was you know twelve years old doing some doing Eddie Murphy. I don't know if you remember Eddie Murphy from the 1980s, but oh, yeah. that was not something that my, my mother was prepared to hear at the dinner table, but, I, but she let me go. Um, and, you know, I, I, I always, I always, and then, then the next step was to tell my own stories. And that, and that has sort of been a lifelong journey exploration, I suppose. But it all started with me cribbing notes from George Carlin and company. Are you hard at work on another novel, maybe another Gibson Vaughn novel? And uh, if so, can you give us a sneak peek into what it's about? I am working on another novel. I'm actually working on a second book sort of in the Constance universe. Uh, it's called Chance. Uh, originally, Constance was supposed to be a standalone. Um, and back in January, I, we, just, we were just wrapping up Constance, and I... I took a shower, uh, as I do every morning, and I, by the time I got out of the shower, I had a whole second book, and I had just realized that there were things I had I wanted to explore, that, that the, the world that I built for it was just too much fun 
and too rich from my point of view to sort of let go from just one perspective. So uh, Chance will be a sequel and a companion of sorts, but sort of a further exploration of uh, sort of the dynamics of, of, this, war, of this America that I've, I've created in 2040. He's Matthew Fitzsimmons. The book out now is called Constance, and you can connect online with Matthew Fitzsimmons. He's got a website, Matthew Fitzsimmons, all one word, dot com. Matthew, thank you so much for joining me. Steve, thanks so much for having me on. It was great. Thank you. And this is Speaking of Writers.